done a lot of like guilty jk rowling real estate google searching which is so bad because obviously i hate jk rowling but i just can't get enough of looking at her real estate it's so lavish it's so over the top i'm just like oh you're so evil i, I wonder that. if there's I going to be restorative justice for jk for being wrong when the cast of your movie when daniel radcliffe is like get fucked you're, you're gone okay <laughs> as the the daniel radcliffe of all my friends are racist I think Stop. That is not the intro we're using, Jen. That is not the intro we're using. That's not the intro we're using. I refuse. Hi, my name is Davey Thompson and you're listening to... Uh, sorry, my neighbours are really loud and she just put me off. I'll try again. Hi, my name's Davey Thompson. I'm one of the stars of the show All My Friends Are Racist and this is we Movies Movies. We lost Jen. She's fired. I heard I'm here, sorry, I just sw- I switched to my hotspot. <laughs> I switched to my hotspot. Do you mind doing it again? It's recording. Stand beside me. No, behind me. You're my black up. Hi, this is Davey Thompson, one of the stars of the show All My Friends Are Racist. A couple of hours ago, my housemate Belle and I were made the victims of what I would describe as a cancellation. Oh no! I'm not racist. We can't let these racists win. Let's close that gap and decolonize sis. It is time to clap back. I'm black. And this is Movies, Movies, Movies on FBI Radio. First of all, can you describe All My Friends Are Racist? It's about two best friends, uh, Casey, who I play, and his best friend, Belle. They are essentially thrown under the bus and cancelled by their inner circle of friends when, uh, I guess, a, a Zuma version of a burn book is leaked to the internet and they are outed as racists. Oh my god, we had oh, teachers. We had teachers at my film school that had a burn book on all the students that got leaked. No. Students found out about it and went after them. That's and insane. That's something. That's... Anyway, I just wanted to say that I have proximity to a real burn book saga. What was your personal connection to the actual drama of it? Um, I think for me, the the fear of being cancelled, that's what really hit me. Like, I don't know if I've been cancelled before. Like, no one's ever brought it to me. Maybe in some private group chat floating out there, I'm being roasted. But, um, but yeah, it was definitely the fear and, um, and how to sort of navigate that space if you are cancelled and how to sort of come back from it. That's what really attracted me to the overall narrative. But just how freaking funny these scripts are. That that's pretty great too. So I'm imagining that you're you're not reading the script for the first time and going, oh my god, I am ready to just like take revenge on all the people that cancelled me. There was no like hard feelings going into it. it really, I, w- I was really intrigued because I do wonder how I would manage that space. So to see that journey through other through other people, I found that really fun and exciting. I, I love learning through other people's mistakes. <laughs> we'll let someone else get cancelled so that I can reap the benefits of the knowledge. <laughs> That's it. I like to, I like to sit, keep track of people who have been cancelled and then I'll, you know, do a little stalk on the social media and check up on them, not make contact, but sort of track their journey and decide whether I'll, you know, have a yum with them in person at this point or, you know, give it a bit longer. Do you have to record an apology in the show? Yes, I do. And and um, 
that the whole um, apology video thing, I'll admit, I, it's it wasn't on my radar when all these big things were going on. Like I, I don't know, just what I consume on social media, it was just outside my bubble. So it was a bit new to me. So approaching this role, yeah, I definitely went down a rabbit hole of watching apology video after apology video. And um, that was a journey. I'll tell you what, there's some big mistakes out there that have been made. And do you think there's anything that Enoch Malangi should apologise for? Some of the outfits that they wear, but other than that, no. Like, um, I'm really proud of Enoch for for this show because when I saw these scripts, it was like a dream coming true for me. It was, it's content that I'd dreamt. I'd written myself, but I just haven't. And this amazing young queer person has just come through and beat me to the punch and made it 10 times better than what I could have dreamt of. Um, so really anything that Enoch should apologize for is the audacity to pursue their dreams. Spotlight. Can we just fangirl for Enoch for a second? Enoch is a best friend of the show and has co-hosted, presented, spotlit our show so many times. Um, what are the, some of the nicer things that you have to say about Enoch and working on on this project with them? Next question. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I know. I ask not- how to cancel Enoch and it's like nothing but gushing. But then the moment we say, say something nice, it's like, actually, no, sorry. I take it all back. <laughs> I I honestly, um, when I first got this role, Enoch reached out. Um, We were sort of floating around a professional circle and had like a little bit to do with each other on a different project. And I approached them about this, you know, about the other project we were working on. And they replied saying, I just saw your audition and you killed me. I need to meet you. And we had this really great little, you know, drink and giggle um, at a pub and ever since then like we just clicked straight away. Enoch is just audacious and ferocious and just really really sharp-witted and it it was just a pleasure being around them the whole time. It having like your first show go up as well um, it was really great to have Enoch there just to know that the person who birthed the whole reason why we were employed and making this great show was there just as be on set and I love that Enoch was also there too. I I have a lot of ad-libs. I'll always want to make people laugh and just throw myself out there. So having Enoch there and getting their blessing for the stupid ways that I would put my own flavour on on Casey. Yeah, there, there was nothing that they said no to. Enoch is just, yeah, once... Yeah, I've got I've got a lot of really great things to say, but I know that they'll hear this and I don't want to pump up that ego much bigger because help us. <laughs> so how can we um, watch All My Friends Are Racist? You can catch it on ABC iView from Tuesday the 24th of August. I think I'm saying that right. Um, all the episodes will be up uh, on that day and they'll also be playing one episode each week on Tuesday nights after Rosehaven. On FBI Radio, that is Strict Face with Taste Flash. My name's Maya Billick. You're on Movies, Movies, Movies here on Mornings and you just heard a very special chat between Jen and Andre and Davy Thompson, star of the brand new comedy All My Friends Are Racist. It's coming out very, very soon and I'm so excited to check it out. 
Take two. Now, uh, take two is a recurring review uh, element to movies, movies, movies. And this week, film lord, cinema girl and voice of movies, movies, movies recommends that we'll watch Pig, which is a new thriller about the underground truffle market in Portland, Oregon, starting Nicolas Cage as an ex-chef doomsday prepper on a mission to find his truffle pig. So let's take a listen. I'm looking for a truffle pig. I don't... I, I, I don't understand. I just want to know about the pig. Tell him who you are. Come on, tell him. Chef Feld. Oh, my God. Uh, may I? How are you? My God, you, you, you've been off the scene for, what, uh, 10 years? 15. Really? Okay. I thought you would, um, well, I mean, the time is very, uh... Um, sure. Yeah. I'm sorry, do you need medical attention? No. Thank you. Uh, you probably don't remember me, but I actually worked at Hestia. You were a prep cook for two months. Was it two months? I fired you because you always overcooked the pasta. <laughs> ah, ah, now this is excellent. This is a, uh, a 2012 Pinot from just 20 miles away. So do you know about the pig? Why, why do you want a pig? It's my pig. Oh, okay. That, that, that's great. That's a, that's, a, that's a great business. It's, a, it's, a, it's an expanding industry. It's, it's... Someone stole it. Movies, movies, movies. My name is Lily Bennett, and today I'm going to be talking to you about the film Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. In this film, Nicolas Cage has a pig that's a truffle hunter and tragically gets stolen in the middle of the night. We like this movie because it's all things food, environment, and just kind of some wacky conversations. No, that's not why we like it. <laughs> we like it for other reasons, of course. Today we have a very special guest, voice of the Movies, Movies, Movies intro. Lily Bennett is joining us from Seattle to talk about Nicholas, formerly known as Coppola Cage's new film, Pig, about a truffle pig that goes missing. Lily, why do we have to see this film? Yeah, like you said, it's starring Nicolas Cage and he lives alone in the Oregon wilderness with a prized, precious pig that hunts for like absolutely delicious, priceless truffles. And then in the middle of the night, someone captures it. It's kidnapped. And for the rest of the film, he is on a journey to find his pig again. And for the most part, it's pretty successful. He's able to connect the dots pretty quickly because I guess the uh, Portland restaurant truffle scene is relatively small and he has enough connections that he can track it down. So we're watching him track it down with his buyer, who's played by Alex Wolf. He's this, you know, young guy in a Lamborghini and Nicolas Cage is like literally bloodied dirty wearing like clothes that have never been washed and they go around Portland together 
to find the pig. And it's just like a series of encounters with people around Portland and in the restaurant industry. And I like it because I like seeing food on screen. I like seeing like winky chefs wank on and real granola people from the Northwest be like, stupidly granola so maybe I like to see something that I can like recognize on screen because I'm in the northwest right now and I also am a huge Nicolas Cage fan literally called pig which for Uh me it's like okay the pig okay police okay gay sex those are my three places where I go with pig and it does all three like it's also manages to be the gayest movie I've seen in a long time it's like it's such a good pacific northwest movie to watch a year after first cow kind of does the same thing with like you know, men connecting over food and like, it's all really kind of special and close. And I recently saw Kelly Reichardt's Old Joy where two best friends, two best guy friends drive into the woods to find like mm-hmm. this old, beautiful, hot spring. And it's sort of like that as well. And I like been... anything about like cooking. And I've been really bored of Nicolas Cage's recent cult movies that everyone mm. had been raving about. They were like just ultra violent, kind right. of annoyingly psychedelic. And then this film I thought was going to be another one of the same and actually ended up being way less genre than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And was making fun of genre or something. It was almost like making fun of his old movies. I really don't know what was going on, to be honest. Did you think it was like a bit po-pomo? What's Pomo? Like postmodern. Postmodern? Oh yeah, It had three acts. It had like three acts. Why would I know Po but not Pomo? (laughs) but it was like it had it had three act structure with the mm-hmm. different meals and then it had Alex Wolf listening to that podcast about classical music and how things that are good once will always be good you and then it so was funny yeah I thought that was the radio and I'm like whoa what a what a weird thing like what a <laughs> weird world where the same guys on the radio all day long <laughs> it's obviously just a podcast what is the concept um well uh we're interested in taking local ingredients uh, native to this region and and just deconstructing them you know making the the familiar feel foreign thereby giving us uh, an even greater appreciation of food as a whole this is the kind of cooking you like it's cutting edge it's very exciting exciting I mean, everybody loves it. You like cooking it? Absolutely. Derek, what was it you always used to talk about opening? Wasn't it a pub? Everyone loves it here. This is a huge success. Why didn't you open your pub? I, I... that I, I really wanted. Uh, I mean, it was such a long time ago. When I fired you, I asked you what you wanted to do. You said you have a few rooms upstairs. A real English pub. Did, did I, say, I say that? Yes. Nobody wants pubs around here. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a terrible investment. What was going to be your signature dish? Liver scotch eggs with a honey curry mustard. <laughs> myself now do you want to hear a sentence i've made up to perfect an australian accent Mm -hmm. why is there a cat on a leash that's it (laughs) i don't understand why there's a cat on a leash 
I think cats should be on leashes. Honestly, I'd rather go to the beach than walk a cat on a leash any day. It's just not right. They kill birds. They eat, they eat a wild birds. Pig is simple. Pig is simple and it's about yeah. a world I wanted to see. In the same <gasps> way that like Black Swan maybe isn't the perfect movie, but at least it's about ballet. And I didn't know a lot of things about ballet. And then I saw Black Swan and I thought about ballet a lot. Now I can't stop thinking about truffle pigs. Yeah. And how cute were they? The only thing that people really said about Pig was they wanted more Pig. But I think right now, I think that this film would really resonate with like the pandemic climate crisis audience. We want to see stuff about people that have chosen to be hermits before the fall of civilization as yes. we know it. I know. And so seeing people that are like self-sustained, best friends with a pig, you know, few ingredients, delicious. but good ingredients. Yeah, exactly. Like also like uh, forging, cooking locally, da 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 da. Who hasn't gone to like a local fucking fancy restaurant that is making, you know, oh, everything is locally sourced, sustainable, you know, small farm food. That's like the thing now. Mm, mm-hmm. And then we all want to go live in a cabin in the woods. It's just all, it's just what we're all thinking and wanting. Mm-hmm. Right? For me, <laughs> that's just me. Um, for me, it just was the idea of something precious being traded in difficult ways and the underground of it all. I love that I love that truffles require a pig to go find the mm-hmm. truffle. And I'd never seen a movie about that. And that's all mm-hmm. I wanted to obsess over. And I love that there was an mm-hmm. idea of like there was trade, who has the best truffles, who owns the truffle industry. I love that this could be about a food and not just a drug. Mm-hmm. But of course there is some kind of industry that is like difficult around this because it is yes. a rare, a rare thing. Pig is also the type of film that lets you sort of process the stressful things that are going on in the world Mm. like climate change like food shortages or whatever may to come they even talk about the big one they talk about things that are like you know pretty scary for people especially in the northwest to think about but it's all in a really natural way and it's in conversation or it's just in the environment it's not what the film is about Mm -hmm. so when films are able to like sort of like orbit ideas without actually talking about them directly or how Mm. it's going to like, you know, or making it important at all. It allows you to relate your feelings without it being overwhelming. Like I wouldn't be able to watch a film that's about climate change right now. That's fucking scary, Mm. but I can watch a film that's about like, Oh, the big earthquake that's going to like, you know, flatten Oregon and, you know, create a big wave. That's something I can kind of like get behind because it's like, yeah, that's going to happen. But I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. Lily Bennett there, uh, voice and filmmaker and friend of Jen and Andre on Movies, 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 Dissecting Pig, brand new movie with Nicolas Cage. I'm sure by now you would have gotten the gist and learned a little bit more about truffle making or truffle hunting rather. Um, that brings us to a close for Movies, Movies, Movies this week. You can catch back the show in full at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on Mornings with me, Maya Bilic, and you'll find everything there from the 1020 mark. Plus, uh, you can grab Movies, Movies, Movies wherever you get your podcasts from. Jen and Andre will be back with another home edition of the show in a fortnight's time. Um, and a big shout out to the person on 0409-945-945 said another odd call sideways one for Nick Cage should be thought provoking. And I 100% agree. 
it sounds like the strangest movie ever, but in a wonderfully, uh, not disillusioned way, but given everything happening at the moment, one that you can really just sit and peace out on and just take in in full. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.